0: Welcome, welcome welcome to planning face syndicate episode 50 i wonder if i'd make an adequate pilot i don't know do you chris do you think you can make an adequate pilot well if Kybercut cut taught me anything this week i sure as hell am not a very adequate pilot but we'll get to that in a little bit tonight we're going to be covering the new spoilers for amg talking a little bit about our anniversary podcast that comes up here in june And we're going to be talking quite a bit about um, a scenario that JJ and I decided we wanted to break down for the second scenario in our series called Salvage Mission. If you missed the very first one, I've actually, our last episode, we covered uh, Assault at the Satellite Array. And um, I actually had taken that video and edited the tutorial piece and the, the analysis piece out. And I've created a separate video under Academy 101. So if you are new or have friends or other players in your community that are newer and would like some sort of tutorial and dis- like discussion on specifically that scenario, uh, go ahead and check it out. I'll start. I'm actually going to probably take those to start putting those in our, um, in our links field during every episode for the next couple of months. But we, we, we thought it was a good idea to kind of break some of these down. If you have not, Yet, subscribe to the podcast or given us a like on Google Play or on Apple Play, which depending on which podcast catcher you use, if you haven't given us a like, please go give us a five star rating. Or I'll tell you what, you could give us a four star rating and then complain about why JJ should never fly B Wings again and then tell us you'll change it to five stars once JJ commits to never throwing <laughs> a bomb again in his life. With that being said, let me bring my co host in for the night. Welcome to the show, JJ. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm loving B wings every more, every day. I'm telling you. Yeah. They just complete me in my life. I know.
0: You you <laughs> are the official bane on society. That's that's what you, that's what we're gonna consider you to be.
1: Oh man. Yeah. So we'll we'll go over the uh, the recap from last night. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean B wings are are very, very strong, especially when you uh when you amass them together and you throw some bombs to them and uh, and yeah, turns out they, they are very, very strong.
0: With that being said, uh, again, welcome to the show, JJ. Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I have made sure to unmute myself this time. uh, So that that (laughs) way we don't do a fake intro again. Like we did a few minutes ago. Um, We, we, so, we kind of went over our week. So you, you asked me, how is it going? What did we do in the last 24 hours? And I was explaining the food choices. We we're talking about food for about five or 10 minutes there. Um, so just, just as a recap, we had enchiladas tonight. My son came home. He had enchiladas with us. Um, one of his favorite uh, dishes growing up. And um, I actually got to make the enchilada sauce from scratch this time. Um, out of I, I, Don't ask me to quote the names of the peppers because uh, I can't. I have no idea what they call those peppers, but they're dried red pepper um, of sort. And maybe somebody else who knows that can explain it to us. Otherwise, it is what it is. They're amazing peppers. And um, I have enough to make Bria tacos. So um, so I'm, we're going to make some Bria, beef Bria or pork Bria here. Um, oh, we can't do pork because Bob can't eat pork. So it's going to be beef or chicken uh, Bria tacos as soon as Charles comes back to Michigan. Can,
1: you, can they do fish?
0: Uh they can I don't do fish though. So
1: oh, okay, okay.
0: Fair. I I that is the one food I'm not fond of is fish. Fair. Okay. I don't know why. I just know that me personally doesn't sit well with me. And sometimes it makes me a little nauseous.
1: Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. no bueno. So
0: but it could just be crazy chris crazy chris from my upbringing and my mother hated hated fish with like a passion so like my mother refused to uh like have fish in the house when we were growing up so tonight's episode is brought to you by TX blended whiskey i only you can only find this in texas i guess except for finally finally thank god they brought it to michigan so i was able to pick this up today as you can see, I've had a little bit um, out of the bottle. And if you're listening to the podcast, then know that it's about two shots, three shots empty, uh, plus whatever in my glass. <clears throat> so hopefully I don't uh, get too drunk tonight, you know, but just saying, it's good whiskey. You don't ever find that up here. I don't know if you've ever had that whiskey, JJ, or not. but
1: uh, well, Only one time, actually. And it was one time that I went to this barbecue place out in, um, in Dallas uh, when I went to go visit my family last year. Uh really, really good place. Um if I, I could remember the name, I would tell you. But uh but yeah, really good stuff.
0: Oh, so you, your family's in Dallas, you said?
1: Yeah, I have some family over in Dallas, yeah.
0: Oh, they have some amazing barbecue. I had to work it down in Dallas for about two and a half months. And I was I would hit all the local um joints up that they had down there. Um there was this one barbecue place, uh and it, like it was like a cafe. It was this weird little small type cafe but they served extremely big glasses of beer and extremely big margaritas for whatever reason like if you wanted to drink there you you like i mean it was like the margarita bowl was like this big and the glasses were 44 ounces and you're like what the fuck man like like 44 ounces of beer like you're gonna be pissing like racehorse you know (laughs) i don't know Uh, but the, the barbecue there was insanely good like and it was on the way into fort um fort worth or fort, fort worth which is where i used to go play star wars destiny um and x-wing when uh, when i was first starting out right before the pandemic so nice I used to travel in there and they had a uh, destiny and x-wing um and uh marvel champions play that's where i first learned about marvel champions and quickly nice. bought into it from from there now i have an addiction
1: is it the same store where they do the lone star open
0: i have no idea i've never been to the Lone star open
1: okay all right because i know it's it's in place like in the border there between dallas and fort worth um where they've done actually quite a few different events there pre-covid um it's a fairly big shop um that can hold like a lot of does it have a a sex store next to it I have no idea. I, have, I haven't been myself, okay. but I know that they—it's in that area. I've always wanted to go, but every time like they've had events, I've I've been like elsewhere. So, but uh, I will say
0: yeah. the, the the shop itself has two parts to it. Like, there's like the gaming side where they just have a bunch of storage and then tables set up, and then they mm-hmm. have the actual shop where they sell things and a back room and everything. Um, so it could be where they have the long. Story. I mean, it's big. It is pretty big. It's not like a small, um is definitely not a small shop. Yeah. shop.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, speaking of new stuff, man, I'm excited for the new, uh, the new, uh, releases that they gave out for the road quest starfighter, man. Let's take a look at them.
0: All right. Let me bring it up here. Yeah, you know, They, they also, we also had Z 95 stuff that we didn't get to cover, uh, this oh, weekend. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. be doing that as well. Which is that pretty is, exciting. Yeah. If you if you are listening to us and want to check us out, we do upload the videos to YouTube typically one day after. Um, and, of course, it's going to freeze on me. There it goes. It's just like an epic night of failure for everything.
1: Yeah, machines don't cooperate all the time.
0: Yeah, there's something eat my memory. I have no idea what it is.
1: Might be TTS, maybe.
0: No, because I'm not posting it. Okay. Anyway, so go ahead and you uh, there we go. So now we got that that's a cancel. Now let's go back. There we go. Now we got that screen. Now I just gotta find my Google Doc. Oh, I pro- I gotta set it up, that's why. Because I'm super smart today, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot I rebooted my so, Streamlabs.
1: So while while you're getting that set up, let's let's talk about Kyber Cup. So we'll go over the first week over here. So if you guys haven't seen, uh, we we posted or rather we streamed our matches for round one last week. Um, and uh, and Tenor and I both got our, our wins here. Um, the list that I faced off against was a Separatist list, uh, which was a Gauntlet with three bombers and General Grievous. Um, it was, I'm sorry, Sunfac with three bombers and, um, and General Grievous. Um, it was, a it was a tough match, um, for, um, for like on paper, it looked tough because SunFac has the ability to do that ensnare movement and, um, and come in around and really like put my B-wings out of position. Uh, luckily I was able to hold that center line. And, um, and punishes uh, his bombers that came in and uh, and got a few lucky crits onto Sunfac which uh, ultimately resulted in him going over a rock twice and killing him, unfortunately. Um, but we got the win there. Uh, Chris also did really, really well week one. Um, I forget, what was the list that you were flying against week one?
0: I played against a seven-ship rebel list.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was A-Wings and... Um, uh Ezra and the Z a couple of Z's Yeah, I remember that. That's right.
0: Yeah. it was a, it was a good list, I think.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, your opponent did have some uh, some miscues early on with the uh, the bumping on his ships, uh which he did get punished for but other than that you played really really well uh with those bombers just holding that center line and dropping those cluster lines in good spots and um and just, just making sure that you count that uh that and re-roll that was it
0: so we are excited to present some of the new spoilers that AMG has. The The Z95 specifically um, have some interesting crew. So before we get into the new Rogue-class spoilers, which don't worry, we will 100% get into, let's talk a little bit about our wonderful Z95. So the first pilot we have is called Killer. JJ, why don't you take over what Killer can do?
1: Absolutely. So he's an initiative two pilot here in the Z ninety five. He reads: While you perform an attack, if the defender has two or fewer hull remaining, you may roll one additional attack die. If you do, gain one deplete token after rolling attack dice. Uh, and it does have the versatile tile frame uh, chassis ability, which allows it to equip one torp or um, or missile upgrade. And while your reveal maneuver is blue, add a white boost to your uh, to your action bar. Um, so this is a really, really good Z95. Now, granted, it's still initiative two, which means that it can be initiative killed by uh, some of the more higher aces that are there. Um, and it only has uh, four, or four health total with two shields and two whole, um and two agility. But this can definitely do some work here. Um, I, if this comes in costed at three points, this is going to see a lot of play um, in the Republic. Um, what's really great about this is is that the ability works on ordinance itself uh because it says that while you perform an attack then you can use that ability there so if you equip this here assuming that it has the loadout points to equip like let's say an apt um uh or on the uh on the missile side if you equip this with like concussion missiles or even cluster missiles uh this can do a lot of great work honestly um, and what's great it, with this in cluster missiles is that that initial cluster missile attack that you'll have that target lock on would be a four dice attack, and then the deplete uh, would um, would reduce the second attack down uh, to three dice instead of four, assuming that the second target you're shooting also has the the, uh, the two hole there. Now, if you take a look at the ships that currently have two hull to start off with, because remember, this ability is only triggering off the amount of hull that the ship has, and not the shields. It doesn't take that into consideration. If you're taking a look at A-wings that only have two, uh, two hull. Uh, you can take a look at uh, the droids, uh, the vulture droids that only have two hull as well. Um they have three a...
0: hull. Oh the yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, what sorry, are you talking I'm
1: about thinking. Here? I'm thinking three. Sorry, I'm thinking two <laughs> agility. Sorry, my bad. Uh, You could take a look at uh, at the Thai phantoms that only have two hull and three shields. Uh, Those are um, definitely. Uh, something to consider when you're trying to take out those particular ships and even uh any like future ships that may come out that have uh like a lower amount of hull and a greater amount of shields this would be a really really good thing to have um or even if you have a wounded enemy that has down uh, that's down to like the last two hull that this is a really good uh ship to finish off those particular uh like chassis so yeah really good
0: yeah well and i think i think here i think the difference here is is it's a it, especially if it comes in at 3 points it's a bait material right it's like do you want to go kill killer that's dumb i think that's a a rap song from the <laughs> 90s too. but um do you want to go kill the killer right because it, at some point it's if you leave it on the board long enough it will do damage um i mean hell you can see the droids in the background that it's you know it looks like it's dropping bombs to get rid of these vultures but i don't know um yeah anyway but the 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 big thing with this one here is the fact that it does not proc except for natively against certain types of ships other than that it does not proc that early and it's it's kind of forcing you to get rid of it It also you have to take a deplete so i actually like that because then it forces you to do a blue maneuver your next turn and it kind of says hey do you want you want this extra dice take a deplete um and then it stops it if, for whatever reason, you wanted a double attack. But I will tell you, this thing is going to be very predatory when you start pairing it with a lat.
1: I yeah. Mean, uh, what's the lat that takes away the tokens? Um, is it? It's not Hawk. It's um,
0: um. I don't know. It's the one nobody plays.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that that lat will definitely be a really good piece to, to go here. The other thing I would run this with is Y wings. Uh, y wings with concussion bombs. Um, you get that concussion bomb off on a three uh, three hole ship. All of a sudden, they're taking one damage to the hull and um, and a token or sorry a strain token if they decide not to flip that card. And that's that's going to be a prime target right there for killer.
0: Yeah. So I definitely. like it. I think it's a pretty decent ship. Um... It says right in the caption, it's a dependable a dependable closer. So oh yeah. All right. The next one we have is Drift, and he is CT1020. I don't know what that means. Maybe you do, but I do not. Um Drift is while a friendly ship at range zero to one performs an attack. If you have exactly one non-lock red token or exactly one orange token. That ship may re roll an attack die. On its face, I don't like it. But depending on what they do with loadout points and what you could take, this can come into into play a little bit more. It can also come into play. um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, if, because, yeah, because if you could take Chopper, right? Chopper gets the stress. You're gonna be choppering a couple of times. You're gonna be jamming. Um, yes, chopper is great on Ahsoka, but at the same time, you, if you could take an astromech and it allows you to take chopper, then you know, like you're gonna have a couple of turns at least at minimum you have stress, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know what else it would cause you to do stress. I cannot imagine using that ship to barrel roll just to allow that so- roll. You know.
1: So, assuming that this has a talent slot, number one, and it has the loadout points, I think what would be a really good staple onto the ship is Debris Gambit because it adds a red evade. uh uh, a red evade action to the chassis so you can have the ship go in in a pretty good spot where it could support its other ships at zero to one um take a red evade and now it has a non-red uh sorry non uh lock red token on the chassis with that token and now it's providing the rerolls for itself and all the other friendlies around it. Um, so depending on what what they add onto the ship for loadout, this could be a really really solid chassis to um, to carry that particular upgrade. And you just make sure you got to uh, keep your. Um, actually, it's a melee ability, right? Oh no, the action is treated as white instead. So yeah, as long as you're not flying near any obstacles, um, you can trigger that red evade and um, and and have those rerolls. Really good.
0: Yep. So we'll see. Um I, I again I, this is gonna be a three point ship. I don't know. I don't really care. It's a zero to one range. I I, it's pretty I tight. yeah, I, I, I see this as a like a one off type, you know, thing. Like if you're gonna take one, but again, why would I take that over killer, right? You know, I'm probably gonna take killer over that one every day of the week.
1: But. Would you would you run those two together to give killer a double uh mod on a cluster missile shot?
0: if one of them is um, if they have missiles a and B if, if, if one of them is two points, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, I would not put six points into these things unless they have insane loadout points, man, because I can run a V wing for three points. And yeah, I, I, that, I will tell you killer for three points is probably worth the value. I I, I could see killer being three points and taking killer over a V Wing, but not both of them. I I I could take Wolf, I could take Click, both of them give me a immense value. Or contrail at two. You know, come on. All right. Next one is Stub. JJ.
1: So this one here uh, is an initiative 3 pilot here, also on the Z95. Its ability reads, while you defend, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is even, you roll one additional defense die. While you perform a primary attack, if the speed of your maneuver is odd, roll one additional attack die. Um, This actually seems like a fun pilot. If I were to... Um, to put up like a candidate for the next uh, two-point cost pilot for the for the Republic, this would be the ship i put on there because it doesn't need any loadouts whatsoever. It doesn't need any loadout points. It's an initiative three pilot, and it can work on its own without being too overpowered because you're either going to go in offensively or defensively, depending what you're putting on your dial for this particular ship. Um, I think this is a, a really solid ship if it's um if it's two points it's kind of a gamble if it's a three-pointer um uh, particularly because its ability to increase uh your your attack dice is only on the primary shot which means that you would be getting uh three dice at range um or um uh four dice at range one uh, with this ability if you if you get that off um but that that's about it it doesn't feel like it'll be something that um that you would choose at 3 points over let's say Barris in the dozen yeah. sub. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Barris is a one off. I actually do kind of like this ship though. Um again, you know, load up points will be in favor of it, but I I do genuinely think this is a good ship at 3 points though. And I only say that because you you' uh, the ability will only proc well the ability will proc every turn it's just you're gonna have to play how you want it and so the difference is though is it becomes a deterrent so i I actually prefer the defensive one being able to roll three green dice every turn um a lot more than I cared about the rolling the extra attack dice and I say that because that can be my ship that goes in and does my objectives right? Um, And can you imagine if they make this with no loadout points and and a two-point ship? I would take this over Contrail, actually. I would actually take this ship over Contrail, or maybe in addition to Contrail? Nah. I think for some lists, I would take this over Contrail, because I can proc its ability to have three green dice, which I guess Contrail gets the three green dice and has a better dial, so I just talked myself out of um, taking this over Contrail but um maybe this should replace contrail at two points there you go
1: yeah um and the and the what's nice about the dial for the z95 is that it does have a three blue straight so you can do a three blue and then get a white boost um from that chassis um so that's that's a nice little thing and you're getting that extra defense die since you're um, you're doing a three um so that is something to to consider but again i I think I would be more comfortable flying this at a two. Uh, with no loadout points and, and be happy with that. Uh, at three, I, I'm going to be considered other chassis, um, barring, of course, a, a points change that shakes everything up. But still, a really solid chassis, I think. A really solid uh, pilot for the
0: chassis. Yeah, and I didn't even think about it, because yeah, cause if you make this a two, oh, you know what? The versatile frame still works. It All it does is tell you it adds the torpedoes and missile slots. It doesn't care. Ugh. You know, these things are going to be so yeah. under-costed when they come out. God damn it. We're going to see these everywhere.
1: <laughs> now, uh, assume, um, they're coming in a two-pack, right? Would you yes. consider, so far with what we've seen with the pilots, would you consider buying two packs of the twos or just be happy with just the one? Just the one. Yeah, same here.
0: I, I, Honestly, just the one. I, I'm... Yeah. I do like the pilots, and I do like that it gives me another ship in Republic. And don't get me wrong, I own five V-Wing. So it's not incomprehensible for me to own four Z-95s. But I'm more reserve unless they make a bunch of these two-point ships. I'm going to be extremely reserve in wanting to buy a bunch of these. You know, um, I, think, I think the one pack does... How about this? I know for a fact that because we know the release date for these, I already have one of each of the packs ordered. And the and, and with, with the caveat that they're gonna order extra of the rogue class for me. Because I may be buying two more packs of that. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um all right. The next ship. Separatist baby. I got me I got me a pilot to match my to match my um my grief is here. I'm super excited. Cad Bane officially back, officially in um Separatist. So excited by this. I don't like the I, the plane design um at all. But um on this card, I just I don't like the way the sun hits, but I love Cad Bane. And I they love,
1: gave him I, go I, ahead. I I just to interrupt you. So I love the subtitle for him. Needs yeah, needs no no introduction.
0: Introduction. <laughs> yep, it's fucking cad bane baby it's it's we're here we're here we're back we get where, where'd you get that hat oh i don't know do you really want to have that conversation i picked it up somewhere don't worry about it um i in cad bane was actually one of my favorite characters in the clone wars and my son my son disagrees with me he, he did he did not he does not agree with me he likes cad bane that much i do though so um I like Cad Bane. I think uh, his his ability is different. I'm not excited about his ability, especially in our new 2.5 meta, um, as much as I was about the scum version. But he says, essentially, during the engagement phase, another friendly ship at range 0 to 1 is destroyed. You may spend one energy to perform an action even while stressed.
1: So uh, you, you added friendly to that, but it's actually just another ship. So it doesn't have to oh. be friendly. Yeah, that's really okay.
0: good. I thought it you. All right. Anyway, we're going to. That, 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 that makes it said.
1: much more powerful, honestly, because that means that if he kills somebody, um, he's going to he's going to get that that um, that free action. And if he's not stressed, you can link it. Um, into, into one of the other things so like let's say you only took a focus on your turn or a target lock, you kill somebody which is going to be really good with delta rights uh, right, with the bullseye ability uh, you kill them, yeah. you now take an abate and then do a barrel to get out of somebody's arc or a focus boost to get out of somebody's arc and good luck trying to catch Cad Bane after that so. Now,
0: I have a question for you and this kind of gets into a little bit of list building a- a- a aspect here so I believe Cad Bane cannot come in under five points. No, I think we, we talked about him being four to five uh, in the scum. I think in both chassis, I think he has to be a solid five. Um, and I would argue that because if you look at Grievous, his ability is a little bit better than Grievous's, Um in the aspect of he can joust you, um, whereas Grievous doesn't like to joust you. Mm-hmm. I the and, and uh, would you, okay. So if he's five points list building wise, would you put him and Grievous together? That's 10 points. Oh yeah. And, and then either take, um, two drones and two bombers or five drones or something like that. Just to kind of five pair drones. them with. Yep. Yeah. Five, five drones.
1: drones. Or actually I might be comfortable with, uh, with a mixed bag as well. Um, because you can do, uh, two drones and a few of the, um, few the of the bombers. bombardment drones as well, yep. uh, like you have with your list. i would be comfortable with that. With Cat Bane, I, I'm actually comfortable with him being up to six if he has the appropriate loadout points to go with it. Because remember, he's going to absolutely have the Xanadu Blood title, which is going to give him a crew and a bomb slot. And if he has, I, I and I'm putting this mildly, 16 points, which is equivalent to like Braylon in the B wing. Um, he's going to have a lot of options to add on for crew. Um, I w- it would be even better if he had more, like 20, um, because you get add on like Duku plus something else, um, and he's going to be like ridiculous, he's gonna be great.
0: Yeah i I don't see it coming in at six. I'll be honest, and not him. I I, I don't see this as a six point. I see this as a five point chassis ship. That, that I I just do. Yeah. In in our twenty point overlord meta that we live in, I, I do not see him coming in at six points. I, I for initiative again, four. Yeah. yeah. For initiative four A and B, because Sunfak is an in initiative six, and he is six points, right? Yes. Okay. I think he's six points. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he is. I'll take a look. But that's... I I don't... I, I don't think these things should have crew either, JJ. I don't want to see them with crew. Like, come on. You, you well, and I both know that's not going to be good.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's probably going to be just him that's going to be able to equip the Xanadu Blood title. Um, So he's probably going to be the only person who's going to have access to the crew slot and the and the bomb slot with the title.
0: I mean, okay, think about it this way: you give him twenty or more points, put him at ice, or put him at six points. He takes Zam, and oh, now I'm going oh my to gosh. fucking oh. just be like, I we we don't take Duku anymore because Duku's fourteen points. When Duku was like ten, sure, that's a viable thing. I don't care I about Dooku of- in this environment. I care about Zam. Zam's eleven points right now.
1: Well, so I, that's a good point. I didn't think of Zam. Um, I, I, I would, I would consider not running Zam in favor for another crew. I, I, would, I don't know who yet, but um, only if, um, because again, if I'm if I'm trying to proc this ability, right, and trying to make sure that I kill a ship, so that way I can art dodge. That means that I'm taking away the opportunity to trigger Zam, right? Um, So in that case, I I think that that conflict of me trying to kill then dodge is going to work against me. I mean, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll probably get that initial target lock off of Zam. Um, but for the rest of the game I'm I'm gonna be cagey with, with uh Cad Bane to try to like outmaneuver people and do that. And I think I would put more points towards that versus carrying a Zam crew because I don't want to brawl with the ship, especially if it only has two agility. Um and I, I would much rather like have something that would boost my defense or help me outmaneuver people um in that aspect. So that way I can I can get that more often over Zam. That's me though. That's how I would fly this particular chassis. Yeah.
0: I, I I would do the Zam because it, it forces your opponent to either shoot at you or not shoot at you. It's and and we well even if we go back to our Kyber Cup game, it didn't matter um, that I had Zam because uh, my my stupid freaking gauntlet couldn't roll fire to save his life. But if you think about it, though, how many times did I proc that card that basically said? Oh, I'm in your arc. You didn't shoot at me. Oh, now I get two charges. And oh, you didn't shoot at me again. Oh, now I'm going to shoot you. You know, like I got I that shoot. off almost every time against you. If, if Zam had been hot, if my gauntlet had been hot, hot, if I had pre Vizla, how about this? If I had pre I would have killed a B Wing guaranteed because I've been yep. rolling five dice twice throughout that game. But I was able to trigger Zam every turn but opening turn. So
1: that's true. That's fair
0: actually I triggered it opening turn because you came in and zoomed in with your stupid B wing. So I did trigger, I triggered Sam <laughs> every turn, but one, it just wasn't the opening one. So I disagree with you. I, I and, and again, it's a play style. It, it, it depends on how, who I'm running with cad Bane. But if I am running, if I'm running five drones and cad and Grievous, which I'll tell you right now, that's probably the first thing that I'm going to put on the table um, because that's seven ships. Um. I, I'll tell you right now, I will. Pro- if, if I can fit Zam, I'm going to do that. So we should probably actually go over the card that you've been talking about called Xanadu Blood, because we hadn't even gone over that yet. But here, you, here it is, folks. It adds crew and bond <laughs> slots. Which who cares about the bond slot? Not going to invest points into it unless I have leftover points. Um, and the most interesting thing about this is you get a red cloak so it's like fucking um it's like the the sith title yeah (laughs) Yeah. like i mean, it's like all right uh i could go cloak so you you can okay for the argument you were trying to make earlier jj right not having zam you can make an argument to not run zam and run a more defensive cad bane which i don't like but you can do that and you can use that cloak function quite a bit right um and I think that's where we that. I think once we know what some of the upgrades are, if there's any other really good upgrades, and we know what his dial is going to be. I mean, because if his dial is like grievous, you'll never cloak ever, or you'll cloak once and try to keep it for the game, you know, like it. But that red cloak at the beginning of the game is going to be fucking totes, my goats. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go two yeah. forward take my red cloak and 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 then decloak the next turn and just go boom two forward boom whatever else i want thank you a hundred percent (laughs) yes
1: yeah um i i I actually would consider doing like perceptive co-pilot and then this because you get the double focus one for offense one for defense and if you're able to get that that ability proc to get a red cloak and still have a a focus to back up your cloak on top of that it's going to be really hard to kill that ship not for nothing. And even better, you can coordinate this. If you yeah. have a ship that's that's low enough that can coordinate that, that red cloak and then just send them zooming in. Yeah, that's gonna can, be can really you,
0: good. Can you imagine if you could run um impervium plating on this thing too? Oh
1: god, no, god no, heck no. You so know that's gonna like
0: you know I'm getting I'm getting a mod <laughs> slot, and I'm gonna run impervium <laughs> plating well over oh my god, give me a talent slot, give me treacherous. Let's bring treacherous back, baby. Let's oh let's bring gosh, treacherous yeah. back yeah i want my treacherous back actually i didn't even think about this i should be running treacherous in this meta you know how many times ships have been in my way and shot it i should all right anyway let's move on so that's Santa <laughs> new blood um 100 on board with this red cloak here um very excited it's not a white cloak because that would be way too broken way just mm-mm.
1: yeah Ugh. exactly
0: it's yeah, perceptive co pilot, double focus, cloak, white cloak. Oh, next turn, you never know where I'm going to be because I'm going to either barrel roll or shoot forward. Uh, ugh, ugh.
1: All right, did they ever reveal the dial for the Zen uh, for the Rogue class? As
0: no, not yet. That's okay, that's right. that's what we're waiting for, baby. Because okay, um, the hard two, I yeah, as, as soon as they do, we'll know whether any of this stuff is good. And if they again, if it's like the grievous style uh that red cloak's not going to be very it, it, that red cloak will become a niche um over anything else yeah but um if if they have a if they have a tri-fighter dial it's it could it, it's gonna be really good then
1: all right so the next one up here is the proton cannons uh this one is a double cannon uh upgrade here um that's going to come with this pack here and it reads attack you spend two charges you change one focus result or a hit result into a crit result it is a bullseye only uh, firing arc and you roll four dice at range two to three and it has two chargers, which means that if you manage to practice, you're going to shoot this once every two turns. Um, really interesting cannon. I like that they kept the power level down to restrict it to bullseye only. Um, this is something that, uh, that will be really, really interesting to, to see how, how often it'll be um, like equipped over like auto blasters or like HLC um, or single laser for the double cannon slot. Um, because of um, uh, the the requirements that you have to do in order for you to trigger this particular gun. Now we did have a, a spoiler with the last updates. They had posted this cost of this cannon um, when when they were, when they released those points. They had this as a three point um, upgrade. We don't know if it'll still remain the same um, because they did uh, AMG did say that they would uh, do a rebalance of points um, right before this is released. So if um, it, it may end up becoming a little more expensive, I would see this easily being a four-point upgrade as well. Um, but um, but yeah, I think this is a really solid upgrade.
0: Uh, so you know what? It's going to have a double cannon slot now, right? They just revealed it with this card.
1: Well, it depends, right? Because it'll depend on the pilot. Each pilot could have an asymmetric oh, build. Oh, okay,
0: whatever. Yeah, I saw so, what you're saying. Yeah, yep. yeah, but you yeah. know, it's it's coming. It's they're going to yeah. get it. On the road class yeah. fighter is guaranteed to have at least one pilot, probably Cad Bane, probably Cad Bane. Um, yeah. and now, would you
1: consider running this on, on Cad Bane uh, versus like a um, uh, torpedo slot, let's say?
0: Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Any day. Bullseye
1: with debts to rights. Yeah. Uh, Bullseye yeah. with that to rights on this. Yeah. yeah
0: for three uh, points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you you sold me man like i don't yeah <laughs> sync laser cannon is seven effing points if this comes in at three and i get you only get it every other turn um which in this meta is probably good right because you can't like de-engage really your your fighter and, and deal with it um so I, yeah. I i don't know i think four points is a better point cost for it but i would pay four points how about this I will pay four points and put this on Cad Bane, with Dead to Rights, hundred um, percent. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about the other pilots, but I will do it for this for that this one. Absolutely. All right, next card. We now have some official, official, bodyguards, for, Grievous. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Essentially they are not Cad Bane's bodyguards, even though they somehow are in the Cad Bane ship. Um but um and, and this begs the question if you read the back of the box and like or what they say on the AMG site, they talk about Magna Guards, right? So now my question is am I getting Magna Guards and IGs, or am I getting the IGs are gonna be the Magna Guards? They don't say Magna Guard on them. My theory is we're getting Magna Guards as well which is even more fucking exciting than you can imagine.
1: Well, yeah, they could be like the generic ones. And then these are just the named Magna Guard pilots for it. Because the IG-100 series in um, Star Wars are the design- the designations uh, given to the Magna Guards for their model um, that were made. Um, so we can have both, right? We can have the named Magna Guard pi- uh, pilots like this one here, the IG-101, and then just a generic Magna Guard pilot for the, the Rogue class that has this. Um, So really good, uh, really interesting uh, space there for that. So um, for this particular ship here, we have an Initiative 4 pilot here um, for the Separatists. Uh, The ability reads, at the start of the system phase, you may repair one face-up damage card. And it comes with network Calculations. Uh, which allows it to uh, spend a Friendly's Calculate token so at range 0 to 1 to change your result to an uh, evade or a hit result there, uh, which is really interesting because with this, this allows the ship to uh, equip independent calculates uh, calculations if it has a, a, a mod slot. Um, and also it lets it be able to be coordinated um, by the 32C Hyena Bomber uh, with its ability. Um, so that's, that's really interesting.
0: Which is overcost by the way.
1: Yeah, it is. But if they ever reduce the, uh, the cost of it, that will be really good.
0: Yeah. Give me, give me that as a three point ship and I'll take that over. I'll take that any day of the week and I'll stop taking independent calculates. Um, so I think this is really good. This is two more health than a bomber. So this is going to have to come in at four points. Um, I'm guessing it'll be a little bit more maneuverable, uh, so I like that. I now am in question of whether we can equip the IG um two thousand uh upgrade card. That would be amazing. No. gimme double that calculates, gimme give gimme give shared shared ships. Uh yummy yum. All right. <laughs> IG102 is a dueling droid. When you defend, if the attacker's initiative is equal to or greater than yours. You may change one blank result to an eyeball. Um, So I'm going to say the last one I like a little bit better. um, Being able to take care of that face-up damage card, A. And B, I like that one a lot better because of the pure fact that um, it's not an action, right? Uh, And this one is not an action either, but this one's going to proc a lot less um, in this meta at least. So... Um, i guess it, flying against your b wings this is this this would work <laughs> you know this would 100% proc um and i will tell you how many times did my green dice roll blanks um yeah. quite a bit so uh, this is good too um i i i don't know i would take the other one over this one if i'm taking all of these ships
1: so this particular ship I would see this as an objective grabber. Um, this is the ship that I'm gonna send by itself with independent calculations to go grab objectives um, so that way it can go get um, go on its own doesn't have to worry about getting too much support on its own and she can still survive because the ability is mainly defensive in nature so you're not really going in for attacking because you want to try to keep your your tokens um, for for offense. And just go and just grab objectives and make it hard for your opponent to go uh, invest time uh, to go track down this droid here. The points is going to be a little difficult. I could easily see this being like a four point ship, which I at that point for Separatists, I don't know if I would have messed that much in this chassis for this particular pilot. Um, but if it's a three, sure.
0: yeah. <laughs> if this is a three point ship, this is an immediate staple in every Separatist yeah. list.
1: You Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I highly you doubt. Would,
0: you would never take yeah. this at three points. Oh, you want seven health for three points? Merry Christmas. Yeah, And all exactly. two of them are shields? Don't worry. Yeah. All right. Okay. The next one is the IG-111.
1: Yes. So this one here is an initiative one here. Uh, this one reads, after you perform an attack that missed, you may choose one enemy ship in your bullseye and gain one deplete token. If you do, that ship suffers one uh, one hit damage to it. Uh, really, really good. I like this particular, um, this particular ability for it. It is going to be difficult to proc against small base ships at initiative one, but if you're hunting the medium base or the large base ships, especially the ones that can't reposition, like your lats, for instance, um, this is going to be that hunter. This is what's going to be pulling those, those damages all the time consistently and, um, and getting those shots off there. Um, if this comes equipped with any type of um, like ordinance, like cluster missiles, um, and you roll bad your first time, if you have munitions fail safe, just cancel all your, your results. Um, the ship is going to take a damage anyway and just spend your charge on the next shot on somebody else. And boom, there you go. And you get to park it twice at that point.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I yep, I agree with you 100% on this. I, 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 my theory is, is these will not have missile slots, but maybe they will give this specific one a missile slot. That would be yeah. interesting. That would actually yeah. be very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like this one. Uh, second best. The first one. The IG uh, uh, one or whatever one oh one that was my favorite. Um I do like this one and I will tell you even at an I one, um I don't think I think you're right, I don't think this will proc that often, but I will say um at an I one being able to take this and um have a ship that can coordinate, you know, at a later initiative could be beneficial. And and, and so I wouldn't rule out separatists is not known for coordinating. Honestly, we're not that good at it. Um, but I can throw attack officer on a gauntlet. I can throw attack officer on a on mall ship. And if Cad Bane gets the slot, he can take attack officer too. So three points. Pfft. Okay. Cad Bane can coordinate oh now too. There you go.
1: Coordinating after he kills a ship to mm-hmm. have him have the other ship barrel. Uh, yep. like Oh, my gosh. That's
0: nuts. That's yep. nuts. I... And so it because coordinate is range two, So it's not like they have to even fly together. You know, they can yeah. fly a little bit farther apart. And, and this, this is where the argument has to come in. Right. So if I'm taking, if, if one or two of these come in at three points, do you, re- you replace your bombers with these and take two of these and two droids. And now I've got four ships that can network calculate. I don't take independence at all. And, um, I don't know. I, I I think it's really good, personally. Yeah, I,
1: I believe so. Yeah, you're definitely getting a lot more. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you're getting a lot more value out of these uh, because they have so much more health than the standard hyena um, and um, and vulture droids. That you're just getting just so much more value for that same price. That being said, in terms of power level, um, just on the base stats alone, uh, obviously we don't know what the loadout is going to be. Do you think that this chassis um, utility-wise, is more powerful than a Tri-Fighter or a Hyena with their current loadouts?
0: Um, uh, If if they come in with more loadout points than a Hyena, they're worth four points, I would say. Um okay. And I think these hands down are better than a Tri-Fighter because the Tri-Fighters aren't high-initiative um, ships that can reposition, do all these crazy things. And that's my problem with tri fighters is they're four to five points, and they pop. They're they have the same hull as a as as a two point drone, right? Or a three point hyena bomber has two more hull than them. Yes, they're more maneuverable. Yes, they have linked actions. But again, I'm try again. I could take Jedi. Jedi are gonna out maneuver them. Bye bye tri fighters. Uh uh. B wings. Boom. They're going to out, not outmaneuver them, but they're going to outclass them in health. And then they're going to kill them with their double attacks. Um, X-Wings. Oh, X-Wings can now have seven to eight health. No questions asked all the time. Uh, you're not going to kill one with a Tri-Fighter and you're not going to outmaneuver an X-Wing. An x wings just going to pop you. So um, I feel these are ranked better. I hope Tri-Fighter has come down to three points. I'm sad because I actually sold off a couple Tri-Fighters because I was pissed. Um, at the points value. Cause well, I own five of them in fairness. So I don't probably don't need five. <laughs> I I ran five for a while in 2.0. I'll be honest. But, uh, with 2.5 tri fighters would be better if they were cheaper. Um, yeah, give me a three point tri fighters. I will run them for four and five points. It, it's just, it's too much of an investment to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I feel it's too much of an investment. Absolutely. Anyway, with that being said, I think what we're going to do is we're going to move into our Academy 101 segment. Welcome back to our Academy 101 segment where we are going to discuss salvage medicine mython i can't know how to talk tonight i guess mython <laughs> we're gonna talk about the mytharoo mythara however you say that um, mythosaur it's definitely not a mythosaur um uh, Thron was not a mythosaur <laughs> thank you um tonight what we're gonna do is we're gonna cover salvage mission and what we're gonna do is we're gonna look to talk about wing conditions for the scenario we're gonna t- talk about what type of lists that we feel work best for the scenario we're gonna be talking about when do we got to pivot from these win conditions? And we're also going to be talking about an example of opening and engagement tactics that we feel is good. Tonight's mission, tonight's mission is going to be the salvage mission. Yeah? Salvage mission. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Do you know what I, th- I think we should do before, before we bring up TTS, which I already did? Why don't we bring up the Google Chrome, if we can do that, Mm -hmm. if the computer doesn't want to be a pooper again. And we're going to bring up salvage mission, the actual scenario. And we're going to talk through it. And, yes, I skipped chance engagement 100% on purpose. All right. So salvage mission essentially talks about how you get five supply crates, and you're going to have five objectives. Every objective gets its own little supply crate. You're going to come um, and try to take that supply crate from the objective point, hold that supply crate, and score one victory point every turn that you get to hold that supply crate. Now, the caveat here, right, is the pure fact that when you take your supply crate, you can no longer do advanced maneuvers at all and there's only one ship i think in the game that can jettison that supply crate. So everybody else is stuck with it until the, it gets taken off the board as the as in distro- the ship was destroyed or if somebody else rolls a crit that hits you, you then have to drop your crate somewhere on the board. When you drop your crate, it's going to be within range 1 specifically of uh, wherever you are and your opponent gets to place it. So when JJ's B wings decide to throw stupid proton bombs and the proton bombs hit you, which they almost always do that crit makes you drop that crate. And then JJ goes, I'm going to put it behind you so you can't pick it up next turn. Genius maneuver, my friend, genius maneuver. (laughs) Um, Not that you have a good list because in my opinion, it's a trash list. But um, it is a good maneuver to be able to throw bombs at five foot, which B wings I don't think ever actually did um, in the movies. So I don't even remember B wings with bombs. To be honest with you. Anyway, we're yeah. we're we're going too far into my anti <laughs> uh, trajectory simulator rhetoric here. Uh, going back to the mission. So anyway, so you get a crate. That's how you score your points. Uh, you run around with a crate. Um, You can not pass your crate to anybody else. It's yours, baby, until you drop it. Um, Yes.
1: So going in specifically into the specific scenario action that's available to you for this particular um, scenario here, whenever your ship is at range zero to one of one of the crates that's on the board that are placed on the board, um, you can take uh, during your as your first action uh the tow action which allows you to uh, take uh, or remove the crate that's on the board um within range of your ship that you're doing that perform action with and uh that Ship essentially takes that crate and you place it onto your um, onto your ship or your your card on your table there, and your ship essentially becomes encumbered. Now going back to what you're talking about about not being able to perform advanced maneuvers um, per the rules reference guide uh, for X-wing, advanced maneuvers are and uh, talent rolls, uh, which are the the slanted or sorry the um, the hard turn uh, U-turns that sh- some ships can do. Uh, Sector loops are also um, Uh, Advanced maneuvers, which are the slanted, banked um, uh, turnaround maneuvers. Uh, Keogren turns or K-turns, those are the straight turnaround maneuvers. You can do those as well. Um, and then full stops, uh, meaning staying still, um, that is an advanced maneuver as well. You can perform those, as well as the backwards actions um, so that some ships can do. That's also considered an advanced maneuver. So uh, when you're selecting um, or when you're planning uh, which ship you want to take uh, that action or that crate for, uh, you have to really consider the dial of that particular ship as it will um, it'll have a really hard time turning around um to stay engaged. Uh if that is your plan of um of action for your maneuvers going forward um, in that particular match. And uh it it's gonna be it's gonna be having a hard time just choosing those maneuvers from that point on.
0: Yeah. Um so if your ship uh <coughs> for example, if you're a defender, <laughs> uh, you can no longer perform k turns, even though they're white. It does not matter. You cannot do it. Um mm-hmm. Now, you can still get your free evade by going to 3-speed. You just can't do a K-churn and keep your crate and do it. Now, the, like I said, the one caveat, and I think there's only one ship that allows you to jettison that, and that is a special condition that the HMP has. Because if you do a maneuver and flip your card um, to the other side for your repulsor lifts, you are forced to execute a side-slip maneuver your next turn. At that point, you have to jettison your cargo. That is, to my knowledge, at this current time, the only exception to being able to dump in your cargo. Am I, am I incorrect in that, JJ?
1: Well, the other thing that you can do with your ship as well, and this is a, a strategy that you can employ in this particular scenario as well, is that at the end of the ship's activation, your ship may choose to jettison the supply cache. So uh, let's say that your ship already has the, uh, the supply cache. You decide to do, let's say, a four straight. Uh, you take a focus, and then at the end of that activation phase, after you perform the action, at that point, your ship can now choose to jettison uh, the supply cache at uh, range one of the ship that, uh, that was in. Um, mm-hmm. However, the opposing player is the one that gets to play it, place where that cargo gets to go. Um, so that is something you have to consider. It's something that's not generally seen because you're giving that choice to your opponent instead of yourself, and your opponent can um, can choose tactically where to deploy that particular uh, cache that you're choosing to jettison, and, um, and it, it could work against you. Now, there are a couple of edge cases that you would consider doing that. Like, let's say that you're forced into a corner and you absolutely need to be able to turn around because your ship is not going to be able to... Um, turn around with its regular maneuvers and you absolutely need to like turn around without um, risking going off the board the first, um, the next turn um, at that point, you may consider jettisoning your supply cash just so you don't lose your ship. Um, but that that's like some of the edge cases that um, that you might consider jettisoning your cash.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be in a little bit more of a rare occurrence. Um, yeah, I do think you're right. I do think that yeah technically speaking, and I think that, that's a tactic that we have not seen employed at all and I think that yeah. that is um, what's important here is how you play the game and I think that could be a tactic that actually comes into um, scenarios more often and, and I could for example with two Jedis being close to each other now I guess now we're moving a little bit into a different uh, piece of the, the the segment but if you have two jetties that jedis that are closer together right, and one of them you know next turn wants to perform an advanced maneuver or just doesn't want that stupid crate because they know they're going to get shot. Because that's the other thing. You're going to lose that mission point for this round. But if you know somebody's got a target lock on you and is going to shoot a magpulse at you or a proton um, torpedo, you jettisoning that just go, it, it, it makes their target on you less desirable. And we have not, I will say again, we have not seen that as a play tactic at all. And I I personally feel that that is a valid play tactic that could come about um, in competitive play here, depending on how this scenario goes. But let's get into a little bit other pieces of the scenario. So you covered advanced maneuvers. You can't do them. You covered the fact that if you do try to perform an advanced maneuver, you're doing a two straight for a stress it's a two white straight. It's stressful. You ain't doing anything else, um, and you cannot perform slam actions. Which is funny that they call that out specifically. Like I don't know why they call that out, but they call that out specifically. I, I guess it's not technically an advanced maneuver, but I mean to me it would be right. Like any ship that can do a three hard. And then slam and do another three hard. That seems pretty good to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> poor bucket, right? Like that—that that would have been bucket's only like saving yeah. grace for yeah. the, the resistance. Like, come
0: on. I'm gonna pick a crate and I'm gonna do a 360 right around you, motherfucker. All right. Um, <laughs> so we talked about if you hit, if you you can drop it if you want. If you get a crit damage um or you're destroyed, you have to drop it. Um, you also cannot flee the battlefield, which I don't think ever happens. Except there's only one ship in the game that we care about that, on. <laughs> only one Telavir, right? Yeah. And yeah. Tel Tel's not gonna. You you if Tel picks it up, he can't flee with it. Um. So I that piece of it I like um a lot. I, I actually do like the scenario. This is probably one of the least played scenarios. Um. That honestly that I've played. But I bet you in Crate Cup next week this is probably the scenario we're gonna get stuck with. So yeah, All right. Let me bring TTS, TT, TT test, TTS, up, right? And we're gonna talk a little bit about um we're gonna listen before we get into lists. I don't know. Should we do lists lists first or objective placements first?
1: Let's do objective placements okay. first because I feel like that's that kind of dictates how you how you run your list according to the, the objective placements here. Now, um, in this particular scenario, I kind of did a, a little bit of a hybrid setup here. Um, this is a, a possible setup that could happen in a real-life game, um, but I, I kind of did it hybrid in a way that one side has the objectives placed closer together, as close as possible uh, towards the bottom of the screen. You see that these, uh, the center and the two objectives closest to the gas cloud are within um, range two and, uh, to the center objectives, and then the um the ones towards the top of the screen are more farther away pushing that edge of that range three barrier from each other now um when you're when you're sending up your objectives here obviously having access to them uh with your ships that can carry them um you you definitely want to try to keep those objectives closer to you especially if you're placing on a ship that you don't really care if it uh, if it can execute advanced maneuvers or not um, that's the ones that you typically want to have that in front of you because you're going to concentrate on um, having that ship engage if you want to, um, or just have it dance in the back and make the enemy come chase you if you're um, if you're wanting it to just be a carrier for that crate and not really engage. Um, If you're trying to lure enemies to come collect those crates in the center and create a kill box for anybody that might come and challenge it, uh, keeping those crates together and closing off the avenues uh, for that ship to get away is a really good tactic. Um, For instance, the, um, the one towards the edge of the map. Uh, If they're trying to go in there, they have to contend uh, with uh, trying to either go through the center if they're coming from the outside and possibly getting shot uh, from the ships that are coming up the middle, uh, or they have to uh, come in from the middle and then work their way out to the outside, uh, which is pretty open space for the other opponent to come in and punish that ship that just grabbed that objective over there. And that's where objective, uh, sorry, that's where um, obstacle placement is key as well. This is where if you're wanting to, To deny your opponent um, a clear lane to go get that objective, placing rocks in their path um, to make it difficult for them to pick up those objectives is really key. Um, But at the same time, making sure that you leave yourself an opportunity to grab that crate and have some type of cover to prevent your ship from, or at least giving an advantage defensively to your ship, uh, once it picks up that crate, uh if it ends up getting shot at from the enemy, uh, having that objective as a buffer there uh, really helps out your ship defensively. There.
0: Yep. So with this specific style of object, uh, object, object, object placement, we're going to talk about objectives first. If you are first player, obviously placing your your piece as close to your edge of the board is is the most viable. Because that's where you're going to place either your fastest ship, right, to take it, or your two-point ship. Uh, so if you're Republic, it's just the freaking contrail, <clears throat> and contrail is going <laughs> to carry that stupid crate all the time. Because who's going to go after a two-point ship? Um, but I will tell you, I will t- uh, foreshadowing. If you are playing against somebody with a contrail and they do that, that's a ship you really want to actually take out. You want to get it to drop that stupid crate because it's a two-point ship that's going to carry a crate four, three, four, five turns. And that thing was not going to die as easy as you think it is. Um, yeah. Um. So, but we'll get to the, the, the list piece here in a minute. Uh. uh I just want to make a point. If your first player, you being able to put yours on your side is extremely effective. I would say when you're playing against somebody else. And, and again, this, depending on what type of list they have is where you place your second, their, the objective you have to place on their side. If, like JJ says, you have a a list where you want to create a kill box, you put it closer to the center, and I would put it in this center right here, which is in the middle of the board, right? That's where Mm -hmm. I would put their second objective, which you don't see happen very often um, when we watch these stream games. But that's where I would be putting that second objective because what it does is then they have one here, and they have one here, and then one here. They're not going to place a lot of ships along this side of the board, and the ones that they do is going to be ships that they're going to come down to try to kill you with. That's it. So you know, which ones are going to be picking up objectives. So when you place your ships to begin with, you can now focus on coming in into here to try to murder them. Now, if they have a very fast list, right? Um, where we're talking stupid Jedi, uh, for example, and not B wings, because B wings are not fast in fairness to, um, the one disadvantage that B-Wings have, which is their only disadvantage they have, um, a Jedi, you would want to place your, your opponent's second objective as close to the center as possible. Um, I would actually argue that I would not place it right here and I would place it closer to this edge because it forces them to come to the side of that side of the board. um, and, and I would even go cl- closer to that edge because what it does is then it's going to force them to come up here, take it and then either cut back this way to run away from you. And at that point, even if they put obstacles over here, they're going to either have to litter two obstacles in this corner uh, to get you to go around it, but you're going to be able to come get them. So placing it as close to center as you can get, because you can be within four and then putting it all the way to the side. Even if they have a fast ship, you want to do that. In my opinion, you want to do that because it's going to where it forces them to to make that engagement. You know where they're going to be when they have to come here. They're going to only have three or actually two options because they can't. Well, they have three options, but they're not going to be able to 4K. They're not going to be able to turn around. They're either going to go back towards the bottom of their board edge or towards the center they're gonna to head to the um, slight right towards yours, or they're gonna to try to fly past you. And then if you got bombs, so like if I have my bombers, my separatist bombers there, or if I have my first order bombers, come ahead, come at me. I I dare you to fly past me. Bring it on, and I I will not drop them the bombs out my front with my bombers. I will drop them out the back, hundred percent. Um. So that's that's again your list style will. What you fly will depend on what, <coughs> where you want to place it. But I have found <coughs> when I'm first player, being able to place their objective as close to the edge board and as close to um, the middle of the board as possible, a bigger advantage in being able to predict what they're going to do. Personally,
1: absolutely yeah absolutely I, I definitely agree there um the other part uh, to this now to add to uh, to uh to another layer of strategizing here is recognizing what your list is really good at here um and that is taking a look like at your um at like what kind of ship chassis you have um in terms of uh, like what kind of speeds that they can uh move at how fast they can go Uh, What kind of attacks that they can perform depending on the abilities that they have and what kind of loadouts they have. And kind of make your best decision there based on what kind of list you have there. Um, If you have a list that has uh, large space ships, they tend to have a little bit of a harder time in this particular scenario. Because the majority of large space ships do tend to have lower agility. Um, you're looking at maybe anywhere between 0 to 2 agility, um, which if you're facing off against a 3-die ship, uh, once they come into range, um, especially at range 1, uh, 4 red dice against a 2 or uh, 1 agility ship, you have a greater chance of suffering a crit damage, which would cause you to eject your um, your cargo off, um, and that, that becomes a disadvantage to you at that point for it um so just keeping that in mind you you want to make sure you make your ship priority uh, depending on what you want to do um for for your list to adjust for it um if you have a lot of large base ships that are really good at attacks then what you can do is use it as a time uh, a, a use those objectives as a opportunity to uh, lure your opponent into a trap. Um, in this particular format, let's say that we have Kanan Jarrus here trying to grab this particular objective here, and he manages to grab it, and he is now facing this way here. Um, the uh, the opponent can focus his forces to come in here towards the center to try to cut off um, Kanan's escape, and come in here. Um, to try to uh, either take, um, make him lose his cargo, or um, or at least try to put in some damage to to possibly set him up to fall within the next turn or two. Here, um, in this uh, in this case here, this is the opportunity for the rest of the ships to start coming in on the flank and to start help setting up those support shots here because you know that the opponent, the opposing player is going to take the opportunity to start coming in and try to take those range one shots onto Kanan if he's carrying this objective here. And now your other ships have... Uh, pretty much uncontested shots on the attacking players there um, that are going to try to take out the ship that currently has that cargo. And why would an opposing player go after that particular ship? And it's for the reason that for as long as this particular ship has that cargo token, they are always going to score that uh, that objective point in the end, and it's going to be easier for that ship to main to maintain that lead if they're kept alive and able to get away. So your opponent, while trying themselves trying to get cargo, they're also going to want to try to take out that ship. And if your if your list is a lot more offensive minded, making sure that you can set those traps for your opponents is very key to now need nine your opponents their own points for grabbing objectives but taking out ships which will give you points a lot faster um, in this particular scenario and that's that, that's one of the ways you can strategize if you have like a list that has large bases but that are really good at attacking
0: yep and so before we get to before we get too far down the road of list building um, I want to stick in the vein of, of obstacle placement right so we talked a little bit about right this this objective placement now your obstacles have to be placed Mm -hmm. closer to what you can you where you can force that opponent to be right Mm -hmm. so obviously you cannot place your objective right in front of it which is a hindrance but you can place your objective uh, I guess you gotta get rid of this one away so that they can't they can't churn they hard into here right and Mm -hmm. so that's the thing is and if you know they're turning through here and I've got a grievous My Grievous is doing three bank Afterburner's boost, five straight coming around here to outmaneuver you. That's 100% what I'm doing. And if my Grievous is coming at you, the probability is you're probably not going to turn away because you sure as hell do not want (laughs) to take an outmaneuver Grievous shot. Um, Which, by the way, in Ace's High, Grievous is um, totes my goats. I don't care what anyone says. I play him every time in Ace's High right now. Um, just so you know, and he, he, Grievous is my favorite ship in the world. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway sorry, I'm sorry, is like, really good. Now we're is deviating really good. a little bit, but okay. So your obstacle placement, and, and this is why I wanted to go through that is because your obstacle placement, you have to think of where do you want your opponent to be? So when JJ talks about you come in, if you're a big ship, think about putting Bosk right here, right? I could put Bosk right here put my obstacles in a way that forces whatever ship he puts here to have to double back boss is just going to come in hard and boss is going to hit you hard and boss is going to take Greedo and guess what boss is going to make you drop that crit because guess guess what crew or gunner I guess I should say he's not crew is literally the best gunner you could take in this meta right in for this list type is Greedo <laughs> I don't care if it's you take him on initiative one you all you gotta you're getting as long as you can get that crit through you're getting something through and like nom nom with greedo is good um yeah in the other in the the jump master but
1: the other a really good ordinance to to keep in mind when you're equipping your list to is mag pulse missiles um which causes if they hit they cause your opponent to suffer a critical damage automatically um for uh, for that particular attack uh so magpulse warheads are really really good in this particular objective because of that ability
0: what else um so mark marksmanship is good too right marksmanship mm-hmm. we want predator is good what is the other oh god what is there's other ships i know that there is there's other ships where they can cancel everything and you just suffer a crit what is oh it, it's a uh, X- it's saying
1: marana one i don't know it's uh yeah the x ones are good because of their their base ability to uh change a hit result into a crit result the x ones um for the empire uh are really good for the for this objective as well to strip opponents away from uh from their cargo
0: oh, but there's another one there's another ship or two ships that allow you to cancel your results and just force them to suffer a crit so back in the day you could do that with fifth brother um Mm-hmm. with with homing missiles but you don't get homing missiles anymore
1: yeah he does have That's a cannon we'll uh, with auto blaster which makes it really good for him um especially if he outmaneuvers the ship um fifth brother is definitely a, a really good ship still uh with that uh, he just has to work a little bit harder to um to get that ability to proc so.
0: yeah i don't like that it just give me my homing missiles back anyway um but anyway <laughs> we go, we talk about objective pl- or uh, obstacle placement when you when you're talking about all the other ones for the center one, you don't necessarily always want to place this obstacle right here unless you're on this right side of the board. If you're on the right side of the board, you do want it here because you're gonna fly in, especially if this is Danae or Rick, it's Rick. Rick's gonna fly in a five straight, take this objective, and then Rick's gonna fly away. And for that first turn, if anybody comes to contest him, he gets that extra die being right there. So even if they're range one or range two of you, you're getting that extra die. So for that center objective, if you have a high maneuverable ship, you want a you want to place something to prevent your opponent from coming straight into your area and hope you get that ob- center objective first. Um, Other than that, objective of placement is more just as a deterrent uh, to create lanes and paths. And I think it kind of depends, again, if you're going to cluster everything in the middle, you want rocks and obstacles on the outside with one lane in and one lane out that's how you want to you want to create lanes around that objective point so you would you could take this here you know and you could place it right there create a lane you could move this piece here over okay i can't move any of them cuz they're all locked but you could place them and try to create so that if your opponent wants to come get this objective, they're going to come through that center and they're going to go through one lane and only have one or two exit lanes. And then that way you can put your bigger ships on each side of the board to say, nah, 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 I'm going to come try to kill you first.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so um, something similar to this is what you're thinking of, right?
0: Yep, except for, yeah, when, yeah, there you go, something like that. Yeah, something similar to it where it forces them to do it and then putting that then that's when you would move this objective here on the left and you would move that a little bit closer right not too close but close enough there you go Mm -hmm. because one ship can only have one crate that's the one thing we forgot to mention you cannot pick up multiple crates you can only own one of them um which seems weird right because i i think it should scale based on uh the size of the ship but that's just my opinion um that's subjective bullshit Right now, um, <laughs> I would like that actually. I yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think once we get through this, and we get our points update, um, and we get through that, I think we're going to look at creating scenarios, and it'll be something that we um, run. And I don't know if anybody's done this yet or not, but like, like I think it would be fun to create user scenarios that can be ran on the stream um, with similar to this, but. A little bit different right you know and, and and we can start playing around with different options um but yeah that anyway that's a future we're, we're i'm again i'm i'm tangenting a little bit farther out of the <laughs> realm so we've talked about optical placement we've talked about strategies and theories um for opening engagement where you want to put your objectives now let's talk lists let's talk lists because i think your archetype is going to really depend here so last week it was last week, right? Yeah, last last episode we talked about um, the specific archetype of having a what do we call it? Um, we call it like a middle initiative. I can't remember what we called it. I should have listened to the episode before we. Did, <laughs> it, it, it was like a mixed archetype that was kind of a mixed bag um, list. That is one bigger heavy hitting ship, couple of maneuverable ships, some expendable ships, and like some sort of a support. Ship. We said that for that scenario at solo of the Satellite was the best, like, the best one. And I will say when I played JJ in Kyber Cup, JJ's list fits that middle piece a little bit um, with the way he has a coordinator with AP5. He has a, a independent ship with Ezra because Ezra has Leia and a Force token and takes an evade or an action every turn to take an objective. It, Ezra's always got a soft mod, Ezra is hard to kill, <laughs> um, very hard to kill. Uh, and, you know, uh, so that that style of list works very well. In this scenario, any list, any archetype list that has soft mods, and this is going to kind of break your mold, but any list that has soft mods is a list that will we're, we'll have an advantage in this scenario. And so the first thing that comes to mind, right? Is force tokens. Any, any list that has a lot of force is going to be very good at this subject at this scenario. Very good. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah and think, think of Barris, right? Barris is three points. Barris comes mm-hmm. in, can take an objective, has instinctive aim can still shoot a missile as she wants, or has a force token for defense or offensive mod period. It's it's there, um. Somebody like Mace who gets three force tokens, Mace is gonna fly around and be like, uh, I'll take an objective all day long. They're also very speedy ships. So what I would say with this this scenario, in my opinion, the premium list is being able to have soft mods and very fast maneuverable ships. And this is gonna be this is gonna outclass, in my opinion, even heavy hitters, heavy hitter lists, because if you can't pop one of those ships. And for example, and I'll pick on the Jedi's because they are thing fighters are another one that do, in my opinion, very well. Um, in this list at keeping the crates, but they don't do very well at taking the farther away crates and then not dying. Right. Cause if you shoot a thing at range two and three, that, that thing fighter is not going to be happy <coughs> at all. Um, yeah. but I feel very fast ships work very well in this meta because those ships aren't going to be cornered very easy and they're going to be able to run and maneuver completely far away from it. And and, and think of your ships like your, um, who have pre barrel rolls, your sensitive controls that are on, um, your, uh, your interceptors. They're going to do their maneuvers. Oh, and a wings and a wings, a wings can do their maneuver, their, their boost or whatever ahead of time. So that a wing can boost away, do the maneuver, and then barrel roll out of out of the way and that none of those are advanced maneuvers, and an a wing never has to turn around ever ever
1: yeah I think one of the the definite advantages to here is lower initiative ships too, because uh unlike the other objectives which uh, require you to like let's say for uh like scramble the transmission, which allows um you have to take an action to like claim that objective and it stays static in that area. Here, the first person to come claim that objective gets that objective. So if you have a lower initiative ship, you have a greater chance to reach that point and snag that objective and then run away at a later turn before your higher initiative ships can come in and uh, get a chance to snag that objective and if you're good at being um at being speedy if you have a fast ship that can get away or reliably you're either going to force that um that higher initiative ship to turn around and try to chase you and try to take uh, try to get you to drop that cargo or they're going to ignore you in which that case every turn after that that uh that they decide to ignore you that ship is going to be scoring points for your side all the time um, so that that is a, a dilemma that you could force your opponent to do with a lower initiative ship, um, specifically like the A-wings that uh, that uh, you just mentioned, Chris, like they they have a really good advantage in this particular style of um, of uh, a scenario.
0: Yep. And so I think that's a sweet spot for for, for the list. Right. And, and, and I think it's it's high agility, high maneuverability um, list. And I will say, yes, I agree with you. Having that lower initiative is a huge advantage. Um, So if you, and again, so Contrail does not fit that bill, right? We talked about Contrail a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. but Contrail does very well at this objective here on the bottom left, right corner or left. Why did I say bottom left, right? That's silly. The (laughs) bottom left corner here for the red player in this left side of corner because Contrail, you, we know nobody's going to come get it. Contrail can take that and then run away. And Contrail can um, do his shenanigans. Contrail never, ever has to take a um, target lock if it doesn't want to. He never has to be offensive. So anything that supports defensive ships that are low agility or high agility and low initiative is very good. And, and again, those A wings are super insanely good. At, at this because that a wing, even if you have an I three and they have an I three, that a wing being able to do that boost ahead of time, is just so imperative, um, to that. So that's where I feel, I feel that's the best list archetype that we have here that work. Um, whereas like I said last last time when we talked about assault in the satellite ray, where you have to be around the satellites, those high uh, maneuverability and high agility but low health ships. Um, don't do very well because you're you know where they have to be if they want to score those objective points. you you know that. um, I think the second archetype that does very well at this is um your medium and large base uh, uh, lists that have high offensive output and um the and high the high offensive output and the ability to erase something before it can kill you. Right. So something, well, even like a wedge wedge is still a two agility wedge is very good at this because wedge has a, a, a opportunity to erase you or have one of his friends erase you before you can shoot at him to get rid of that crate. Um,
1: yeah especially ships that can carry torpedoes um the the very good torpedoes like proton torpedoes or events proton torpedoes which um allow you to modify when he results into a crit um getting shot by uh one of those ordinance early on um can put you in trouble uh, because of that uh that that potential to drop the crate from the the crit results um going through um those ships um have a greater onus in trying to hunt down the cargo carriers uh, with those ordnance and denying you points rather than them going to grab the objectives themselves. Um, So if you do see that across the board, that is um, a very likely um, strategy that your opponent could be using um, for this particular scenario to try to um, go after your ships rather than go after the objectives themselves.
0: yeah and and I agree with you and i think that's that's kind of that key um the other the other really good uh uh archetype list that i that i want to talk about real quick here um before we wrap up is anything that has a higher ship count to it right so even if they're low if they're maneuverable or decently maneuverable and you have the ability to have a higher ship count and i'm not gonna say run eight drones because that's that's they're, they're not very maneuverable <laughs> And they pop right. Seven A Wings, though. Yeah. <laughs> seven A wings. Uh, yes, actually. Seven A wings do very well in this type of scenario. Anything that can maneuver fast um and has the ability to, you know, um, be able to take that 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 lot that that action and and if you die, the next one can just come behind it and pick it up. You know, so being able to have multiple ships that are around you to kind of pick up the, the pace as needed, that's that's the huge benefit. Obviously, soft mods are the second, and the highest is, you know, the 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 the, the high maneuverability list, but I do think a semi swarmish uh style list works very well in this scenario. And I will say this is one of the scenarios I won when we when I we played at Adepticon. Um, when I ran my seven ship Republic list, which only had one Jedi, by the way, um, nice. So I was I was not like um the horrible person that ran trajectory B wings or mm-hmm. five four <laughs> four Jedi's and Hawk or whatever you know. Like I was at least only one Jedi. And That's just because she's undercosted, you know.
1: So uh, one of the strategies that that uh, worked really well with the the lo- like the the multi like the large ship count list as well is blocking um because um i in this particular scenario it is a lot easier to pull up blocks because you you can see where your opponent is going to especially if they're going to focus on objectives um getting a block onto your enemy prevents them from taking the toe action uh, because when a ship becomes blocked they're only able to perform the red focus assuming that they're not stressed um, so setting that up um, to, especially if you see your opponent doing like a beeline straight for like this objective over here, you know, um, if you know that he's right over here um, and your ship is over here, making sure that you're you're about this area here um, or around this area here to prevent like a getaway and making sure that your opponent bumps. Um is really really big because you prevent them from grabbing that objective, and on top of that, um, they're going to get a range zero shot, which is unmodded, and that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty good for you to survive and give another one of your ships, hopefully, the opportunity to get that objective uh, out before they can do anything about it.
0: So. Yeah, no, but I agree. Um, <coughs> so. We talked a little bit about, um, we talked a little bit about opening engagements. Really, we talked about the best ship list. We kind of talked about the scenario overall. I think the one thing that that we could still kind of talk a little bit about is um, when you pivot your wing condition. Um, and I think really the big thing here is you pivot your wing condition if you're not able to pick up the crates, right? And I think the idea has to be is in this scenario, you are heavily rewarded for taking a crate and getting away and running and not engaging very sadly enough. Now I will tell you that a little troid or a little trade federation drone will be worth its weight in gold. If it can hold that objective for three rounds, because if you have to kill it, I've scored three points and you scored two points. And I've, I'm he- uh, heavier in the weight. Oh, and I let you kill a stupid two point drone, whereas I'm gonna come in with my bo katan or my grievous and murder something else of yours. Yeah, so, that's true. I I feel that um you know some of these lists that if if you depending on how you place it you're you're pivoting to your wing condition is honestly taking that crate and running away as fast as you can from something that's going to shoot you. Because once you have that crate, you can run and take your evades and take your focuses all day long. You just can't do a turnaround maneuver. But when you're running away, how often are you going to want to do a 4K anyway? You're, you're not. You're, you're going to want to do a 4 straight yeah. boost, 4 straight boost, 4 straight boost. It's like yep. the exact opposite of Rebel. Rebel is one forward to victory because we suck at anything else. One forward to victory and then um you know so
1: Yeah, the the other thing too to keep in mind too is just making sure that you plan out how um how you plan to approach the scenario as well. Um we'll take my particular list uh, in particular, right? My particular list that I have now for cup <laughs> t- is is three B wings with AP five and uh Ezra the TIE Fighter now uh as you said before B wings are not very good at um at doing fast maneuvers here so in this particular scenario they struggle because they're most likely not going to get to those objective points um in time to prevent the other uh to prevent the opponent to go in there so what do i want to do and during the initial setup here is making sure that i can create those these closed gaps here uh, where I can have a lane uh, to have my B-wings there. And my objective here is to try to kill the enemy shifts. But at the same time also keep the same amount of objectives as the other player. Um, and uh, and just make sure that I deny the third objective from the other player because if I can keep the amount of objectives the same between myself and my opponent, then I don't have to chase them and I can guard a particular area really well with my ships. Um, I can either choose this point over here or the one that's over here a little bit more and force my opponent to try to come and engage me Uh, rather than try to run away and in that uh, in that case i leave that objective out on the board as long as i have two more and just force them to try to come and get it to try to break that stalemate and at that point instead of enticing my player to grab an objective and run away if they're up on objective points i'm guaranteeing that they have to come and face me in order to get an opportunity to try to outscore me in that point there. Um, So it's just knowing what your ship, uh, what your list can do um, and what it's really good at doing and adjusting your scenario to make up for that shortcoming um, for your particular list.
0: Yep. And I think in your case, when we talk about these B wings like that, right? Like you don't have to take your two objectives unless you know, it's safe to take them round one. Like if your opponent places them closer to the middle here, you don't have to take it because mm-hmm. a, you're, you could go one forward and take it next round. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you could do that. So you can not, you can lose like, cause your goal is damage and your goal is to get them to drop the crates. And the best part is cause they don't score. This is what we didn't talk about. I guess we should have said that at the beginning, but they don't score that objective point till the end phase. So JJ has the opportunity to throw crits into them to say, no, 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 drop your crate. And that keeps you even, so it keeps you neutral. So if JJ does damage, gets you to drop your crate, now you are not scoring an objective point, and the chances that you're going to put out more damage than a B-Wing, probably pretty slim unless you're like a Maul or a double-tapping Bosk or something like that, right? You're, you're, even your <laughs> Jedi are not going to be putting out a lot more damage on a B-Wing than um you can back at him. So... Um, I think you're right. I think th- I think it, when you talk about if your objective wing condition is more being able to kill things, you do not have to get your crates. And if you place your crates at the back end and don't want to give them to your opponent, you can just leave them there. JJ's B-Wings can go four forward with Leia and then boost with afterburners and still take actions. And they mm-hmm. can fail barrel rolls to get free stress, which is just bullshit too. Um, but... <laughs> they can do all these other things and they don't have to pick that objective up. They could just go in for kills. Now I will tell you the downside to doing an ultra kill list is if you can't kill that opponent or get them wounded, you're going to lose because they're going to fly past you and they're going to take your objectives. You didn't pick up and they're going to just say, "Uh, are you going to come get me? Oh, you can't fly that fast. We're sorry. We're sorry.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, but on the opposite side, again, B wings can then do their advanced maneuvers, right? So they can they then they can take their target locks, not spend them that first engagement round, do a two talon, um, their two talons and one K's, right? That's what they have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they can do their turnaround maneuver. So if they think you're going to fly past and they go pick up their other objective, they're just going to turn around, shoot you, hope to kill you. And then while you try to turn around, they'll go pick up the objective, get one round with the objective where they don't have to worry about having any, a um, a mod. And then the next round, they're gonna say, well, if you kill, if you ki- take the crit, oh, so what? I'm gonna be double modded to kill to try to kill you, and and and, and it's it's plinking slowly plinking away at those points. But I will say, anything that is slow or unmaneuverable and has kill shots, you cannot let your opponent escape or you're effed period it's you're uh-huh. done you will lose the scenario oh. so fast <clears throat> this is the second fastest scenario in my opinion in the game is this one right yes here?
1: absolutely so
0: all right anything else you want to comment on or talk about before we wrap up for this scenario
1: no i think we covered it all
0: awesome So this is, again, this is our our Academy 101 series where we decided we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the new scenarios, the benefits, what the wind conditions are, ship archetypes that work really well. And then at the end, JJ has promised me that he's going to go back and listen to all these and document all that we say and put a document out for us uh, so that you'll have something in Google Docs you can look at um, and reference. And again, maybe this will change a little bit with points, but I'll be honest with you, the reason we're looking at it instead of by faction and we're looking at it by archetype is because as points shift, shift you get whatever archetype is in your faction you play or multiple factions that you play. And the idea is, is you don't, you will not have to worry about going back and saying, well, Grievous is really good at this scenario, but now he's not anymore because somebody upped him to seven points because they're assholes. Um, and, oh, somebody lowered B-Wings down to three points because we just need to see way too many of those things. And next thing you know, Turkle Mux will be two points and, and we'll see him everywhere and it's, it'll feel really bad. Um, Anyway, with that being said, quick shout out for Kyber cup tomorrow, Thursday. If you are watching this on Thursday, we do have a Kyber cup at three 45 in the afternoon Um, that I'll be streaming Uh, for a guy that's in our local group that I wanted to stream his game because I really like him and I really think he's a good player. And I like to see him play on stream and um other than that we will be back uh sunday night 9 p.m eastern and we'll be covering probably no more new spoilers so we will be focusing on the next scenario which i believe is scramble the transmissions yes yep that's right yep scramble the transmissions will be next and um Yeah. So that's what we're going to cover next. So thank you all for joining us. Oh, if you haven't subscribed to us yet, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or in your favorite podcast catcher. Give us a five star rating if you can. If you like what we do, give us a low rating, too. I don't care, but just uh, make sure you put why you gave us a low rating so that we can fix um, maybe J.J. wearing the Giants hat or maybe him (laughs) never running trajectory B-wings. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of reasons you could give us a low rating uh, that has to do with J.J., um and being a trash (laughs) player and playing trash lists but give us that rating and let us know what you think um with it so thank you all so much for joining us we'll be back again next week 9 p.m eastern on sunday 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 thank you all have a good night
1: see you guys